0: We're here uh, with a follow-up episode. My name is Corbin. I'm your host of the Amalcom Podcast. I, I've done a poor job of introducing myself in the past, so there you go. I'm here with a friend of mine and an old uh, guest of the podcast, Jeremy Hirschkorn. We've got a pretty exciting episode today because Jeremy has started an incredibly awesome project of his own. How's it going, Jeremy?
1: Oh, it's going good, Corbin. It's going good.
0: What, uh, tell everybody the company that you started this year?
1: Yeah, so um, we're here in Bellingham, Washington. Um, we just opened, um, I guess you would consider it a, a fitness studio. It's uh, called Jet Movement Academy. Um, and just kind of a general idea of what we do. Uh, I went with Movement Academy in the name because I wanted it to be a little bit more general mm-hmm. than just a, a fitness or a gym or or a workout studio or whatever you want to call it. So yeah, we kind of left the door pretty wide open in terms of what we can practice here. I'd say the the primary thing that we do is uh group circuit training, so it is kind of generated towards that fitness mm-hmm. idea. But yeah, we're we're incorporating a lot of other fun stuff as well.
0: In our last episode last year, we talked a lot about movement and you had a lot of different resources and inspiration as far as movement training. So, um it's no surprise for me, but it is something that I think people are really starting to discover is, is the, is the route to go for a healthy training regimen with low injury rates and, and rehabilitation yeah. incorporated. So, uh, absolutely, it's awesome. So to kick us off, to just get this rolling, um, I, you have some excellent notes about what you've done and, and uh, just for the audience, when did, when was the, let's say, like, the official go date you would say this year that you were going forward with this, you, you were, I know you were planning it for a long time, right? But, like, what was... Like, oh, yeah.
1: It was, it was a long process for sure.
0: Right. But if there was, like, a you know, how many months until now when you started, I guess, in a, in a very poorly um, phrased question?
1: <laughs> well, in terms of, like, our very first class, it was about mid-May. So, like, okay. um, I want to say the second or third week of May, we had our first actual... Um, group in here working out we got the keys to the building about a month before that um, but we've been working on the lease since about january so yeah quite a quite a progress process okay so yeah
0: so all year um we're just in this is the this is early september right now when we're recording so okay so challenges of the fitness industry um, a couple of things on your notes stood out to me and one particularly was misinformation and can you Can you explain that a little bit? What was that challenge?
1: Misinformation, I would probably throw in there um, also just the, the differences from individual to individual. So kind of, you know, wading your way through what's popular knowledge that's true or false versus, you know, something that works for somebody else that might not work for you. Gotcha. The biggest thing that kills me with the fitness industry right now is there's a trend of trying to kind of tear down what other people are doing and talk about how much better your thing is, which, you know, you know, our, our favorite coach, coach hatch, um, wants to talk to us about, there's two routes you can go. You can either tear other people's buildings down or you can try to build your building the tallest. Right. So I feel like kind of in the industry right now, it's more about tearing other people's buildings down and it's, you
0: know, complete waste of energy. Right.
1: Yeah. And it just kind of, it gives this kind of negative vibe to it. So I feel like a lot of people are are becoming turned off of that Mm -hmm. and they're starting to try to find a way to get to the truth and that, you know, and that's just kind of, I think people are dealing with that like in every form of information right now. It's just so, it's so easy to get it and it's so easy to spread it and it doesn't necessarily mean it's true or false.
0: Totally. And just by saying something true or false, putting that out there, is going to affect people you know just you read something on twitter or whatever wherever it is and obviously naturally if you hadn't read that statement or whatever you wouldn't be thinking a certain way from that point forward so the the negative vibe that negative tone to everything i do people can definitely definitely pick up on that like you can feel that you understand that and it's Mm -hmm. it's not like as far as business goes it's just obviously counterproductive i don't it kind of reminds me of like samsung and apple it, on like a, a large scale of consumer products are constantly at war because they make the same products right yeah but the marketing strategies are completely different And yeah. and as a consumer you know maybe it speaks to you for that kind of, like com, kind of competitive tone to samsung's marketing mm-hmm. campaign but for me it it honestly just deep down makes me want to walk away and so it's yeah it's weird well
1: i think i think the big thing so in my industry specifically is just people have to be extremely vulnerable with themselves to like get into some kind of fitness routine Mm -hmm. so if if there's a negative vibe to it or there's a you know making fun of or tearing down other things that's kind of a turn off right away when someone's already worried about like Right. well what if they're going to be like that towards me you
0: know exactly no that's uh that's a good point like and uh, and then and back with like what you mentioned about coach hatch the leaving ego at the door i probably said that in our last episode last year but that stuck with mm-hmm. me like you have to leave your ego at the door you have to worry about your work and not worry about everybody else's because mm-hmm. it's just simply different you, you're not you know there's no one for one here no one's comparable. You've got to just worry about your own business. And so the other point I wanted to ask about was, um, I guess, uh, the saturation and the variety points. Can you speak to those a little bit?
1: The cool thing. And the thing that's awesome. And I, I wanted to kind of incorporate into our business is there's so many different ways to do it. So, you know, Fitness and and healthy a healthy lifestyle looks like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. So, in Bellingham, it, it's been uh, it's been accepted as that, right? So, like we have this cool you know little microcosm of all these different you know uh, practices. So we've mm-hmm. got like if you want to do yoga, there's like twelve different kinds of yoga you can do in town. There's a studio for each one. That's- um, yeah. If you want to, if you want to go to a cycling class, there's a new place getting built right now in Berkeley That's going to be a cycling specific class. Um, you know, there's bar, there's CrossFit, there's, you know, like a, a, um, like a globo gym, right? There's like, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of fitness centers. So the variety in Bellingham, um, is, is pretty awesome, but that makes it hard to open your own studio because people have so many choices
0: Right. The variety is on the consumer end, right? Like it's great for them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, it's awesome for them. Um, so, you know, and I was thinking about this today earlier, actually the idea of like trying to find a niche and like, you know, be different than everyone. And I kind of thought about it as like, well, I don't want to be so different that it's like weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like intimidating. Right. I want to be, I want to be, um, accurate more than anything. You know, I want to be effective more than anything. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of choices um in Bellingham. So, you know, it's it's hard to pull people from something they're already doing um and, and try to get them to come into your place. You know, and, and also it's such a outdoorsy area that like people mm-hmm. want to mountain bike and hike and they can swim during the summers and, and they just have a lot of choices that they can make. Right. So mm-hmm. opening a spot and trying to get enough clientele is tough in that regard.
0: Mm-hmm online training and my question would be is is that something that you find a challenge to if that's something you want to implement for your brand or if that's something that you are competing with because it's so available
1: yeah um both really um so it, it is hard to compete with because the price can get um you know they can drive the price down so low like there's there's different apps that I've seen that are awesome that are like two dollars and 99 cents a month and it does all the programming for you it has videos of how to do the exercises you can even do somewhere you can like send the videos of yourself away and they'll analyze it to make sure you're doing things right wow you know they'll come with a, a food tracker and all this stuff right so it's like the total package all wrapped into one thing for a really cheap rate and that makes it hard to compete with for sure um but on the same note um there's that accountability and like human interaction aspect that gets lost with all my teammates
0: you you feel the group mentality of working together you that's really hard to replace that kind of motivation
1: yeah you just you know it's basically like to the point right now where if you want an exercise plan and you want to work out and you want to have a high level of fitness all the information you need is readily available and probably for free it's just a matter of like finding something that motivates you and, and keeps you accountable and keeps bringing you back to it that's the thing that's hard to nail down yes. with online training
0: yes for sure i mean cuz i've bought some weights that i put in my garage and i have a rack that i can do a, anything i want with it and the app is that i use to just track progress is great but that app doesn't that app doesn't, app doesn't give you any emotion to like get up and get going that's all on my own still And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that discipline, that routine can be a pain and a really challenge to maintain. So,
1: yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing is like class is somewhat a social event to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. you know, like people come in, they, they have, you know, the regular group that they work out with. It's people they talk to, you know, it might be people that they're friends with outside of the gym and, you know, their, or their kids go to school together or whatever. So it definitely becomes kind of a, a, a social place as well. Um, it's not just, you know, clock in, clock out type of thing. So that that kind of thing gets lost when you're when you're doing your own thing, you know, at home completely by yourself.
0: I'm still in that morning jujitsu class and there's a mm-hmm. there's a significant level of pride that we all continue to show up together at six AM. I mean, I miss some days, if everybody misses a day, but like the the group mentality of and again, it turned like what you're to your point you just said it t- definitely turns into a social thing. I mean, a lot of us have kids, um, young kids, and don't have a lot of opportunity to go do a Friday night thing or you know just kind of run off whenever we want. And so we look forward to that time to socialize as much as we do to work out and Absolutely. and learn. So, which brings me to the the other challenge note is um, clients. What can clients pose as challenges?
1: Yeah, uh, well, you know, getting started was actually a great example of it. You know, starting in the summer is probably the hardest time to start a fitness business in Bellingham because it's the nicest weather and the most options for people to do things outside. I'd say like the majority of my classes are uh, adults with kids. So like during the summer, their schedules change a bunch. You know, they're with their kids a ton more during the day kids aren't in school or whatever. So just trying to keep people consistent Mm -hmm. has got to be the hardest. I mean, obviously getting them in the door is probably the hardest challenge, I guess I should say that, but keeping them consistent because fitness is such an everyday, multiple times a day decision that you have to make Mm -hmm. in order to be, you know, really healthy. Um, So trying to, you know, help people be that consistent when their schedules are changing all the time, that's really difficult. You know, it could be, I could have a client that's, you know, come to class three days a week for six months. And then all of a sudden they get sick and they miss yep. work for a week. And then you don't see them for two months all of a sudden, yep. you know, so that I use the word fickle, I believe in my notes. And that's like, you know, it's not that they're flaky. It's just life is flaky.
0: <laughs> life is flaky. Oh.
1: There's always stuff coming at you, right?
0: Absolutely. No, there's not a person in the world that could deny that. And if you're denying it, you're probably lying. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I I, I, I even
1: experienced that this winter. I had all the intention of the world of running the Bellingham half marathon this summer, and I started a running gotcha. program in like October of last month. And I was doing great. I was about three months in, and then I got a stomach virus like right at Christmas, which was awful. <sighs> but it knocked me out for a few days, threw me off my schedule, and then before you knew it, I was like a month without running. And then that kind of just halted everything, you know, so like I've had that experience too, where you just, something throws you out of that routine that you had going and it's just so hard to get it started again. Oh man. So it it turned into me, you know, not actually doing that race (laughs) this summer. (laughs) So I totally experienced that too.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, something that helps me personally is that when I have a setback like that, looking at like zooming out a little bit and trying to flip that upside down, like, hey, maybe, maybe that week off was deserved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So take the week off, with with knowing full intentions to get back in the following week, and get and and make up for it. And so, like I I used to just you would just freak out about oh, the You count the days you're missing instead mm-hmm. of well, maybe I should just take the opportunity to take a break. Um, yeah. And yeah i I've, I've
1: used that before as like uh you know a lot of people their programs have like a scheduled rest week or something like that oh there you go and so i've decided that like you know life's probably going to give you a rest week at some point whether you want it or not you know oh, so
0: it for sure will.
1: yeah just looking at it from a different perspective like that of you know what? I did three months of great training. Just because I missed a couple weeks in a row doesn't mean that it, it it takes away from all that hard work. right? No,
0: no. And and a lot of times you'll notice that like you'll you'll kind of break through a level of once you've worked really hard and you've been training hard and be, and staying disciplined. You'll notice you'll kind of you kind of hit a new starting point. Like you might regress mm-hmm. a little bit, but you've you've gained. You've definitely started yourself off in a better position. So it's just not getting demotivated and not not letting everything slip like it it's very easy to just let things slip by another week <laughs> like oh, i'll get yeah. back into it one more week let's see here let's jump to the process of planning for all this and and preparing to to launch this business in your notes here you you says you actually wrote a business plan that was 75 pages long do you want to? Do you want to yeah. explain what I mean? A lot of times, I don't think people people have the desire to write a business plan. So, do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, before I jump into that, like I'll just say you don't need to do that. So, don't. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting a business, don't let that be the thing that deters you. Right. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. So, well, I had this kind of in my brain for a while now. You know, over a year um, before I even did it of I, you know, I really wanted to branch out and have my own studio to kind of do what I wanted with. Um, and I started with not knowing anything. Like I had no idea where you start. Mm-hmm. I, I basically knew you have to have a license to have a business. That's basically where my starting point was at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, and so the thing that probably helped me the most was I just talked to everybody about it. You know, if somebody, if I ran into a friend that I hadn't seen in a while and they asked me what I was up to, I would start off like, I'm doing great. I'm thinking about opening. Like I would just jump into it. And every time I did that, it like opened up a new person's perspective. You know, like some people would say, Oh, that's crazy. I would never do that. (laughs) Or, you know, some people would be like, Oh, that's awesome. You should totally do that. I think you'll do great. You know? So every time I talked to a new person, it kind of gave me, you know, one little piece to add to it. And, and by, Doing that enough, I finally um, spoke to a friend of mine that went to Western and was involved in a program there that um, that used to be there that, that helps small businesses, and um, it's called the SCORE program. Basically, what they did was they allowed students that were going to open a new business to come in and get free consulting. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I need to look into that. By doing that, I found a business advisor, and so in town here at Chase Bank, they have they free sessions where you can go and sit down with business advisors, somebody that's either opened their own businesses, they've been, they had financial planners, all those different kind of things. So I met a guy named Bill Unrine and I told him kind of what I was thinking. And he asked me some hard questions, you know, he's like, well, how are you going to do that in Bellingham? There's a million gyms, you know? <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a good point, you know, like, and, you know, so he, he kind of stuck it to me really on that very first time in there. But he was enthusiastic about it, and he he was like, "I think you should do it. I think you can make it, but you gotta you gotta get your ducks in a row." So he gave me their business plan, and that's the seventy five page long um, outline for a business plan. Okay. So, so, like, if I were to actually fill all that out, it would probably have been closer to like a hundred pages.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Uh,
1: and uh, that that was overwhelming at first, so I took like a couple months to just kind of read through it, and answer some questions. And um, and that kind of got the ball rolling um, and got me started on a better understanding of what I needed. Uh, and that's probably the point where a lot of people would turn around and fail mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just because it seems like such a tall task. You start scoping um,
0: everything out and you're like, eh. Ah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, but really, I mean, you just take it one little chunk at a time. You know, it probably took me, like I said, it probably took me two months to go through that. Um, and then I went and met with him again and he'd be like, yeah, that looks great. This needs some work, throw that out, you know? Um, and then it just kind of kept building until the thing that really came together. And and I think about this all the time is like, sometimes the universe just shows you a door and it has a a note on it that just says, Hey, dummy, Mm -hmm. open the door. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and that moment happened because, um, a bunch of things just kind of came into play all at the same time. And basically I was like, okay, I think this is my, my chance to, to step out and actually do it. Um, and you know, it just kind of worked out at the right time, um, to get going. Excellent. Yeah.
0: So what was, uh, when you were reviewing some of the questions that they were giving you, what were some of the hardest ones to answer that were kind of, that kind of knocked you for a loop? That you hadn't thought about. Do you remember or just is there?
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um well, so a lot of what they want right out of the gate for a business plan, if you especially if you're trying to get a loan from somewhere, if you're mm-hmm. trying to get some some startup money, people want to know how you're gonna make money, right? They want they want their money back if they're gonna loan it to you and they wanna know that that's gonna actually happen. Right. Um when I when I got that question, it opened up like hundreds of other questions like well, what am I going to include at my gym? Um, Am I going to be specific enough, you know, that people will understand what it is, but yet different enough that I can bring in people, you know, because it's not just another same place as somewhere else, Mm -hmm. you know? So those were the questions that got really, really tough was like, they asked you very specifically, like, what is your plan for your business um, in the first month? What's the plan for the next six months? What's, what do you, where do you want to be in a year? And um, I was like, I, I don't know. I just want to yeah. have a, I just want to have a job. Basically, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I just want it to be continuing.
1: Yeah. I, I would love to be around in a year. It was kind of <laughs> a, a vision for it, but yes, yeah, so like those things, you know, it, it made me think about like, okay, what is my pricing structure going to be like? You know, what am I going to charge people? Am I going to do one-on-one stuff? Am I going to do small groups? You know, like, right. I could just go on and on. It just kind of kept opening more, more doors to kind of go through.
0: Right, and so it, and you have a couple of points here about equipment needs and unexpected costs. Do you want to talk about some of the stuff that you hadn't considered as far as equipment?
1: One of the things that was really beneficial for me was I was already hosting classes um just underneath another business, right? I was at mm-hmm. the batting cage still mm-hmm. doing classes there, so that allowed me to kind of get a feel for how to run the class and what stuff I needed to do it um because I kind of already had that, so I right. started out with a list of like Okay. Every time I'd have a class, I'd be like, okay, what do we use today? How much space did I need? Um, you know, what equipment did I, did I use that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Um, so I started to kind of put together a list and I started doing some research online to kind of price those things out. And as that went, it just kept getting like longer and longer. (laughs) And my total cost kept going up and up and up. The one thing that I completely forgot that ended up being my biggest startup cost was the flooring.
0: Ah.
1: I completely forgot that we're going to need some stuff to stand on while we yes. do all these things.
0: Yes. Or so so at the very sure. least, replace whatever whatever is in existence or isn't there. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So hey. it was like, okay, we're going to use turf. Are we going to use mats? Are we going to have it be like a wrestling mat or like, mm. a, you know, hard rubber? You know, so those kind of things, you know, were super unexpected. And when I saw the price tag on like what those cost, I was like, ah, <laughs> this is the thing that's going to completely derail me. Yes. And it's ridiculous. The other thing that didn't help was, so I ended up choosing rubber mats and like literally the week before I bought them, Trump hit China with a tariff on rubber. <laughs> and and I was like, it jumped my price up by like 15%. No.
0: All my flooring. Yeah. As Trump's like, and I want American businesses to survive. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's Give me di- some kickback on yeah. that or something, man. I mean that, that I remember and this isn't a political podcast at all. I'm just making jokes, but it I, I do remember him talking about specifically it's how difficult it is for businesses to begin or start in this country. Yeah. And the way we're doing it is wrong. But you know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of I know that was,
1: all I could do is sit back and laugh about that one. Yeah. You know, I was like, Okay, I, I, I got it. We'll figure it out and we'll make it work.
0: Yeah yeah so um... the the
1: the other thing the other unexpected cost um you could throw in was like you know i came into the building and looked at it and i was like it's not the nicest building it's you know it's not beautiful or whatever but you know okay we'll, we'll slap some paint on the walls you know i can i can clean up a few things um i had to buy like a new door for something uh You know, and those things start to add up too. you know, painting, cleaning stuff. Like we had the cleaning supplies that I didn't, you know, I I kind of budgeted a little bit, but you you can never really nail down that figure enough. Like you got to just keep refining what that number looks like. How much is this going to cost? How much is this going to cost? And try to overshoot it a little bit just so that you're like always, you know, in line with that. Yeah. And that was another place where I was like, Uh, I don't know how this is, how this is going to work out, (laughs) you know, but yeah, you just keep refining it down and like, what do I really actually need right now? What can I get in like six months? Um, and just kind of building off of that.
0: Yep. Okay. So let's, uh, zoom it back a little bit or Mm -hmm. looking for locations. What was that like?
1: So part of that was actually what really was part of the whole like universal door opening thing. Was okay. there was a, a CrossFit gym, um, a CrossFit gym in town that my stepdad actually worked out at, and um, the owner of that gym kind of came into um, some a bunch of difficulties all at once and was going to shut his gym down, and um, he basically gave people like forty eight hours of notice. You know, it was like that, that quick of a turnaround. Like, Dang. hey, I'm going to have to close, um, and so his space became available, and I was like, this is perfect. Like, I have all this other stuff done, my business plan is pretty much ready to go. This perfect building is opening up, you know, let's jump on it. And it was like, go time. Um, but I ran into a whole bunch of other problems. Like that was in January. So that was the last weekend of December. I found out that the business was, was going out and the building would be open. Okay. Um, and we didn't get in here until May. So that tells you you know, how right, well right. that process went uh because i was looking around bellingham and like there's just a bit so a building like mine it's like about 2500 square feet there's like a loft and an upstairs storage area there's two offices downstairs like it's it's perfect so like any other building that would be like this would have been heavily out of my price range but for whatever reason this one fit um and so i i was like i gotta make this building work you know i kept looking everywhere else and there's things rather way too small or they're not built correctly Mm -hmm. or they're way too big, you know? So it in Bellingham right now, it's super hard to find this size building that's set up for what we wanted to do. That's open enough for us to have a a movement class. in. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of kept plugging away on trying to get this space and it eventually worked out.
0: When did you go through with all the LLC and the, the point about working with a lawyer and,
1: yeah, I wanted to make sure I was doing all that stuff correctly. Okay. Um, I, I was, I was really worried that you know I would miss um, some legal step, step somewhere or some financial step somewhere and just kind of shoot myself in the foot. So I, I went to a lawyer first. I was after the business advisor. That was the first thing I did, okay. and and sat down and, and and you can do free consultations with with a lawyer about that, and they can kind of direct you towards. Um, you know, like sole proprietorship or a corporation or whatever. You know, based on what your goals are and and how you want to structure things. And so, yeah, the LLC was actually part of the, probably the easiest part. I did that here in town, and that was super easy. And they just basically take care of all of filing all the paperwork and stuff for you, and they give you a nice packet with all that your business mm-hmm. license, um, your UBI number, and all those fun uh, legal things.
0: We're back to rolling. Sorry about that. Uh, Change the batteries on the Zoom. So. Um, no So you got everything sorted with the LLC packet. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned also lawyer, but also CPA, insurance agent, equipment provider, loan officer. There's a lot of different people you have to meet with for this.
1: Yeah. So this was like, this was the way out of my comfort zone stuff that I had to do. You know, like I can stand in front of a class of, you know, 50 plus people and teach them something physical, but going to meet, a lawyer was like, like made me sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that kind of stuff. Like I'm not good at like, I'm really bad at calling people on the phone. I'm really, you know, that kind of stuff. And like meeting with a lawyer or, you know, insurance, like all those things were like completely unfamiliar to me. Right. So, you know, just kind of checking the boxes of like who I need to see and then just kind of manning up and going and doing it. But yeah, you kind of list it out you know, all the people I had to see, I wanted to make sure, um, the reason why I did the, um, the CPA and the loan officer were because I wanted to make sure I wasn't forgetting anything or missing anything that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So when, when you go to apply for a business loan, it's like super strict, like they want to know everything about you. That was almost as long as the business plan was, was the, the stuff that the loan officer gave me and I met an awesome guy. I, I wish I could remember his name. I'd love to give him a shout out, but um, he was, he was the loan officer at uh, WeQ um, in their Barkley office. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he made it feel like no pressure, man. Like this, just, just, this is all the stuff you need to you know dial in. If you can get all that, you know, and in line, we can, we can do it. Unfortunately, I was like, boy, I, there's just no way I'm going to be able to get a business loan. It, it's very strict on, you know, having collateral and Right. having experience and having like a business plan and all this stuff that I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to be able to do all that, but it helped me think about my business in a new way. You know, like okay. here I am as just a trainer and a, and a coach. I needed to think about it as a businessman.
0: And completely, are you still there? Do I still got you? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Yeah. And completely shift that realm. You know, you're not necessarily thinking about your consumers or your, 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 Training and how you're custom fitting everybody. You're thinking about what you need out of them to finance a thousand other things. (laughs) So,
1: I I feel like it's it's really easy for people to. I never wanted to think about people
0: that way or
1: treat them like that. But then once you get into that, like, oh
0: no, I'm I'm losing you a little bit, man. I'm it's kind of cutting in and out all of a sudden. Okay. All right. There. Oh, now I hear you fine. What was the, say what you just said. What was the last thing you said?
1: Oh yeah. Um, I was just talking about like people, people looking, you know, knowing that you're looking at them like a dollar sign and how
0: uncomfortable Uh, that can make people
1: uh, when you're just treating them like money coming in. Right. So I wanted to avoid that as much as I could, but at at a certain point you're like, well, I have to actually, I have to pay bills, you know, like Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, I actually do have to make some money at this, whether I like that perspective or not. It's just kind of the truth of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's one of those things like uh, the ethics of what you're doing, what you're providing, and why you're providing it, and believing in that, and feeling good when you hang your hat up every day on what you you took people's money for is really what it comes mm. down to. And so, being confident in that and knowing that you know the money that people give you is really kind of inconsequential when you consider the value of a healthy lifestyle um, yeah you know who knows how many days you're adding back onto your life by handing uh-huh. over a monthly subscription or or, or a membership mm-hmm. um, and just a real quick off randomly how how do you how do you structure memberships and in, in in getting people in the door do you do day or one shot like classes or do you do you um, have people Sign up for a month, or how do your programs work?
1: I wanted to give people lots of options, basically, because I know, you know, like we were talking about earlier, how life can kind of through
0: three um, loops, yeah,
1: accessible, yeah. I wanted to make it accessible for people, while at the same time, you know, getting what it's worth out of it, you know. So I have for my my movement class is kind of the main um, attraction, I guess you could say here. Um, at the gym so that class you can you, you can do it by monthly membership and for that i just kind of looked around at what some of the other businesses in town cost for that same kind of time length mm-hmm. um and i wanted to i didn't want to undercut those other businesses but i wanted to make it you know like i said accessible so i found out that what i was charging before was actually really cheap and there's this weird thing that goes on with people where like if something's too cheap, they almost don't trust it. Yep. So like, it, it kind of lessens the appearance of the value of whatever you're selling. And so I found out that even some of the members that I already had, they're like, yeah, you should charge us more. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, that's, that's the weirdest thing any client has ever told me. Yeah, that's uh, hilarious. <laughs> so when we, when we opened, we did raise our prices a little bit um, in terms of the monthly membership. Mm-hmm. But, but we've, got, we've got drop-in price where you can do one class a punch card where you can basically get six classes for the price of five and then um a week long membership that's uh still a little bit cheaper than that where you can do like a a monday through friday and just kind of prepay for those five days just for people that know they're going to be able to come for a week but they'll maybe miss the next week or whatever
0: gotcha gotcha okay okay
1: yeah and then outside of that i do i do group training or one-on-one stuff as well so i have a you know, private training rate, which is you know a little bit more expensive route because you're you're getting that one-on-one attention, you're getting a customized plan, um, and then group training where you know basically the more people that are in the group, um, the better the rate is for everybody.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. The the notes going from no business to running the business solo. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, yeah. Um, Let's hear it. The,
1: the way that I got started, you know, like I had basically been running a business without thinking about it that way. So that, that like what I was actually training people to do, you know, that stuff was kind of easy, right? That was all the kind of the easy thing to do mm-hmm. is just, you know, people like this already. Let's just keep it going and try to make it accessible to more people. Um, so that part was easy, but the, uh, the running a business thing and doing it, you know, pretty much entirely by myself, that was the, the overwhelming part. So I found it um, helpful to just start writing down lists, like whatever I thought I needed or whatever ideas I had um, for classes or, you know, training techniques or practices or whatever. I just started writing all that stuff down Mm -hmm. and I made these two two huge vision boards basically where I could just throw up everything onto these big, you know, pieces of uh, poster board basically and I could put it on the wall so I could see everything at the same time. That's just kind of how my brain works, I guess.
0: Yep. yep. Um,
1: so I could start to kind of organize it and be like, okay, you know, I thought about like, okay, how am I going to keep the place clean? Okay. Either I could have a cleaning service or I could do it myself. Then I'm going to need all these different products. You know, like mm. I need towels and spray bottles and you know, what about the bathrooms? You know, it's so like just all those little details started to get fleshed out and, and put on this board. And then if I didn't like something or didn't want to do it that way, I would just cross it out, you know, take it off. And that really helped like kind of settle me down a little bit and make it seem uh, more, yeah, more yeah. reasonable to do, you know, to, to be able to see it all like that.
0: Yes, for sure. The, yeah, I keep a couple of different notebooks just for, if it's time to do something like that, like on a smaller scale, like get a project, you want to scope everything out or, or you just want to keep a consolidated list of ideas or concepts or thoughts. You never know when you're going to get an idea strikes or a solution strikes and you come up with something in your head and you're like packing yeah. your groceries in the house or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, and so that's a, that's pretty awesome to, to consolidate all that and then visualize it in a way that could be even take it to the next level for sure. Um, yeah.
1: my like, so I did that before we started and now I have basically, I have a to do list basically on my phone. That's just in under notes. That Mm -hmm. is like, I literally am putting things on and taking things off of that list every single day. Now, like it's still, it's ongoing. You know, it doesn't stop when you're like, okay, we're open. We're good. It's like, no, what am I, what am I going to do for classes next month? What, what kind of specialty classes am I going to offer? You know, now I have a kid's class and like all these different things. And it's like
0: Uh. trying
1: to advertise and you know, the list just keeps some days it's like growing way faster than it's getting shorter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess we could kind of jump into that a little bit about your points about opening is just the beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the scheduling programs you mentioned a little bit, um, but the offers and community involvement, do you want to talk a little bit about that along with like marketing, I guess what's changed?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, before I basically was kind of, I was kind of just feeding off of like basically the baseball community coming into inside pitch was basically kind of my door opener for bringing in people. So most of the people in my classes were parents um, of kids I coached, or you know they were ki- the kids themselves doing my my youth classes. And so when I opened on my own, I kind of had to uh, find a way to get to people you know completely brand new, and, and I wanted to make it you know, I wanted to really make it about being, being a, a Bellingham, a Bellinghamster, I guess you could say, gotcha. like what, what does someone from Bellingham do with their time outside of, you know, outside of work and, and, and home. Right. So I wanted to make the class, you know, really centered around going outside and doing stuff that you want. So being able to hike, bike, swim, rock, climb, canoe, whatever, you know, I wanted to make it about that. So that's where that kind of that community involvement came from Okay, was a really, really, so train for your next adventure is kind of our tagline that we use. Right. Um, And I wanted to make it a lot about that and, and, you know, letting people feel like they can be adventurous, even as an adult and uh, go do new things that they maybe did when they were kids or they didn't think they would ever get to do or whatever and allow what we do in the classes and the gym to be, you know, just the starting point to go do all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what we've marketed it around, you know, and in, in like the programs and the offers that we have, they're really centered around that, especially the kids class is, is really targeted at like, kids already do awesome stuff in terms of movement. They're, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you're, when you're like a toddler, it's like the best time in the world. You're able to like sprint for the first time. You're figuring out how to climb things. And like, you're just learning, your movement vocabulary is just getting huge in such a hurry.
0: Right. So I
1: wanted to kind of bridge the gap from that and then like kind of connect that to the, you know, being an adult, but still being able to tap into all that stuff.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: So creating that, that kind of unique perspective like that and then getting that across to people, um, is kind of the goal basically.
0: Gotcha. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. And learning, um, a completely different audience or market base. Like you, Get to start over. It's pretty cool. Well, I guess we could talk a little bit about now that we're into marketing, Mm -hmm. and you spoke a little bit about your tagline and the, I guess like the culture that you want to, uh, not advertise, but you want to push towards. Um, Yeah. So when we we were working on your branding, because if you people don't know, um, I got to work with you on creating logos and coming up with these concepts. For your visual imagery and so yeah something i wanted to make sure i mentioned on this episode particularly was where to find resources um or inspiration because that font that we used for yours i saved for a long time and mm-hmm. where i get a lot of stuff from is a place called CreativeMarket.com. and every monday they give you six free creative resources and those could be A literal wordpress website template it could be a magazine template it could be stock photography that's ultra high resolution and beautiful it could be fonts um and what's cool is a lot of times these fonts that come out they have tons of variants they have uh, extra um extra like supplemental graphics to kind of to kind of help flesh out the theme of the font itself and so your font itself came with like i want to say like five different variants of its of each type so like there's like the rough the rough distressed look then there's just a flat look and then um i think a couple more but the font we use for yours is i sat on that for kind of a long time yeah. because i don't i just don't i don't want to throw out just any good looking font i feel like it's really easy for people to just use the best looking font for everything it's yeah. kind of like eh, it doesn't need to be that way yeah, I would like to see fonts kind of go back towards more of like a unique, unique feel. But nah, the more the more stuff that goes on, the less likely that's going to be. But anyways, a um, little bit of a <laughs> little bit of a digression there. But the
1: no, that's that's awesome because we we had no clue. Like for for like font is like that was something that was that didn't make it on my vision board right so that was (laughs) something I completely forgot about like a decision (laughs) yeah when we're when we're talking about logos I kind of had this idea in my brain and you you captured what I wanted really really well but it did take us a while right to kind of nail down like the little intricacies of it but yeah I didn't really know where to go with it but I I remember I I think you reached out to me like a couple years ago when I was doing um, just the movement class and I didn't have a logo or a brand really at all. It was just me. And here's, I do a class, you know? And and you said something about like, if you ever need a logo, let me know. And that, uh, that stuck with me. And so when it was time to do it, I was like, yeah, Corbin's Corbin's (laughs) the guy. I'd seen some of the other stuff you'd done. So I went into that with like, I don't know, here's, here's a drawing of what I think I want. Yeah, (laughs) I just kind of let you go for it.
0: No, and it and you were a great client in that way in that you had done a lot of thinking beforehand because the logo is not just like, it's not just a, a visual, you know? It's a, how do I put this without sounding cliche or cheesy, but it's it's a, you're trying to invoke a feeling in anything that you're doing, um, mm-hmm. in any medium. You have an audience and you're trying to get something out of that audience. Um, and so what was cool about your project with this logo project and branding was that you had thought a lot about your audience and what you wanted to inspire and to invoke out of people. And so um, it, and it, it did take us a, a little while, but a lot of times um, once you hit a certain point, those projects really start to kind of like close up pretty fast. You know, it's like it can yeah. seem it can seem a little chaotic at first because there's not a whole lot of decisions have been made, but then right. everything starts to fall in line and it's kind of like, all right, here we go. Now it's, now it feels like we're, we're about to close the door on something, but that was a, that yeah. was an awesome project. And it was, um it was cool for me because I tend to do, you know, we all kind of have our, our theme or our go-to moves, you know what I'm saying? And so the badge particularly, um, if people haven't seen it, it's a, it's a little bit more of a of a risk taking uh, idea with a lot of hand drawn elements and just not necessarily a in a mark of a logo or an icon. It's a it's a full uh, full I don't know. Excuse me it, for the lack of a better word, but it's well,
1: it, it's like a picture, really. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's more than just like here's the initials of my business. You know. Yes. Exactly.
0: So. That was a challenge for me because i tend to lean towards more text heavy you know manipulate um manipulate iconography a little bit more instead of you know full imagery so but i'm really i I like the way it turned out a lot and we went through not too many iterations of it before the final was settled on and it's um i think it i think it hits on everything that you wanted to accomplish and it and it supplements everything else I'm really happy with the way the straight text logos turned out on your project specifically. I think that just the, that font type and then just kind of doing some things that are not, they're not groundbreaking techniques, but they're tried and true. And so Mm. um, I I just, I love that that it was a great, great project. It was a good confidence builder too. You know what I'm saying? When you look at the final product and you're like, ah, it's done and it looks sharp
1: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm pumped about how it turned out we went you know like as soon as you got me that circle logo i, I kind of ran with that and started using it mm-hmm. quite a bit and like that was our first batch of stickers we did yep, um, yep we used that one and like you know and then we nailed down the badge and i'm pumped on that too we're gonna put that on our shirts and we're gonna get another batch of stickers made with that logo nice um but yeah you know going from just kind of like an idea in my brain and like arguing with my wife a little bit about it (laughs) Um, to actually seeing it like finalized is just pretty cool
0: because
1: you know we we both agreed on what we what we the message we wanted but like neither of us could like physically put it on paper you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it was nice to have a third party come in and kind of take those ideas and and actually make it happen
0: yeah I always I always use the word execution for that like I know what I want but I can't execute it in the way that it needs to be done. And so hundred percent. Yeah. It happens all the time, but yeah. uh, Okay. Let's, Oh, I guess I missed these in the challenges of the fitness industry, managing expectations and the role of your diet. Do you want to, do you want to talk, do you want to shift gears and talk about those a little bit? Or do you want to talk about the future of jet movement? We're at about an hour Um, right now. So just that, Yeah. so you know um, the time.
1: Yeah, I can, I can, I can speak on that real quick. Um, You know, a lot of people, so just managing expectations, right? So like that is, that's a huge part of starting any kind of program for a lot of things is like understanding what am I going to, what do I want out of this? And like, what am I actually going to get out of this? Mm -hmm. Those can be very, very different things. You know, everybody wants, you know, to look a certain way, you know, that's kind of the first, that's the easiest thing to look at out mm-hmm. of the fitness program is like, here's a celebrity that I want to look like, right? Like that's kind of an easy thing to pick out or like I want abs or I want my arms to be big or, uh, you know, things like that. Nice and, booty. Yeah. Booty is the big one right now, right? Everybody <laughs> wants a booty. Yeah. So, you know, especially when like Jennifer Aniston and, and JLo are looking like they look in their fifties is ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. So it's easy to look at that and say that those are the things you want, but, you have to manage the expectation of that and understand what that actually takes. Like what (laughs) is it going to take to, to, to do that? Right. So like, first of all, they probably have absurd genetics to start off with because they're gorgeous when they're super young Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then on they their lifestyle allows them to dedicate so much more time and resources towards obtaining that. Right. Yes. So, for for somebody who doesn't have that much time and or resources to do it that's kind of an unrealistic expect, expectation. So if if you're going into the gym with with only that end goal in mind, you're probably going to get pretty frustrated pretty quickly. Yeah. But if you can break that thing down into like as many steps as possible. I always say more steps is better. It feels better to check things off your list anyways, right? So like Yes. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow, okay? Check that thing off the list, actually, though. Like, don't just say, yeah, tomorrow. Okay, yeah, tomorrow. Like, okay, I got that goal. I'm going to check it off the list. But then you just have to keep adding things. Okay, Mm -hmm. now I'm going to go three days this week. I'm going to go four days this week. I'm going to stay for an extra 20 minutes. You know, I'm going to do the bike after I'm done working out or whatever it is. And, like, those little tiny things, if you just keep checking those, then eventually – amazing unbelievable you know unfathomable things can happen but you can't just keep going into it with that end goal end goal end goal over and over again because it just it, it, it won't happen
0: right know? it might be um, like a vision board type thing if you wanted you know you're right manage that tone everything down into incremental steps
1: Yeah. And then when you're not feeling like going to the gym that day, then you look at that end goal and go, Nope, Ah, I want that thing. You know, I want that so bad. Okay, let's do it. Exactly. You know, and the, and so I, I threw in there the role of your diet just because like if, if your if your body type, like how it looks, um, how it's built, if that is part of what your goals are, you cannot get around the diet. Like it's just, there's no, there's no way around it. Mm -hmm. You have to consider that if, if those goals are what you really, really want, and and it, and again, it, it does have a lot to do with your health, obviously, as well. So it's just easier to see, you know, with your eyes in the mirror and in pictures. Yeah. It's way easier to see what you look like, you know. So that's easy to to, to kind of get stuck on. But the you, the role of your diet is uh, tremendous in just your your health, your fitness, what you look like, all that kind of stuff. So you know, I can't get away without talking about that. And that's something that I would love to incorporate more in the business as we grow a little bit
0: because mm-hmm.
1: um, it's, you know, it's out of my expertise. I was kind of blessed with like a ridiculous metabolism and a, and a body type that is I never have to really worry about like being overweight or anything,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. So like the diet stuff is not something that was ever really on my radar, you know, as I grew up and, and played sports and trained and all that stuff. So right. that's definitely uh, an area of improvement for us here.
0: Gotcha. I was thinking about as you were talking about that when you say you're going to go to the gym and you go the next day and then you make it to three times a week, then four times a week, and you keep incrementally adding these challenges. It made me think about this last year when I was starting this project and the whole, and I was also starting jujitsu last year. The whole point of all of this was to get yourself uncomfortable so that you can learn like you can't you can't and then when you're saying add a little bit more of a challenge that's what that means is because you need to once you've accomplished something now you need to figure out a way to make it make it challenging and uncomfortable for you to continue to grow because you're not going to grow if you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over like you might that's discipline you know but that's not mm-hmm. necessarily a continued challenge and it's and when and then the other thing you mentioned like you if you add up these attempts at, at you trying to do whatever it is you're doing, for me it was making another episode, record, get another guest, record another episode, and publish it. Next okay. thing you know, crazy things are happening that never would have occurred had you not put the energy or effort in otherwise. And so, it's it's really those are the moments where it's like ah the clouds part and it's incredibly motivating because you're like ah somebody left me a review on this episode I was really proud of or you know, for, for me, we made it into a couple of, um, couple of the local papers, you know, just because of a couple of guests that we've had. And it's like, that's pretty awesome. And without the fear of, you know, this guest not wanting to, like, I just, uh, I just, I'm kind of rambling now, but I just hit up a guest that I've been wanting to interview for a long time, but I don't know, I don't have any way to bridge that. Um, we don't have like a impartial or or acquaintance that we share and so i have to just go out and just say hey i'm this person this is my podcast i've followed your work for a while i'd like to interview you um and yeah. it took me a long time to get the guts up to do that but once i did that they're incredibly receptive and open and guess what they're gonna be on the podcast now and it's as simple as that and so pushing that yeah. uncomfortable button you know what i mean like i gotta yeah. i gotta make myself get out of this like uh, i'm safe you know Yeah, and it's always fear it's always fear based but it's incredible like it's incredible what you can accomplish
1: uh i don't know i might have brought this up last time we talked actually now that i think about it but um there's the the jim carrey um commencement speech that he did um where he talks about everything every decision that we make in life is based off of fear or love and uh he talks about making your decisions based off of love rather than fear and like regardless of the outcome it'll always be better and and like i feel like that just applies to everything like you know i always talk to yeah i always talk to people about like being vulnerable enough to come and do a fitness class is hard for a lot of people right Mm -hmm. like i i would walk into any fitness class in the country and be like yeah let's do this thing but that's my place of being comfortable so like for me it was calling a a CPA, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) that, that terrified me. Right. So like being like, well, this is part of the gig, man. I got to go do this little thing. And like, like you said, all of a sudden you're like, wow, that person was awesome and super helpful. And I feel way better about it. Like what, what would have happened had I never done that? Yes. You would have still lived with that
0: anxiety and fear. That fear doesn't go away. You just might not think about it as often.
1: And I might have missed something. Like I might've, you know, not turned in a piece of paperwork or, you know, Right. a deadline and it could have derailed this whole thing you know
0: right exactly
1: you just got to go for it
0: yeah you do you do you do you do um you know because i mean to this day there's still times where i think about this podcast as a project of like man who really wants to listen to me and what i have to say and and that's fear like that's the fraud the you know the fear of being a fraud or the fear of being you know people are going to find out i'm faking this and uh yeah. and it's like well but then you think about, well, randomly, someone left a review on iTunes. I saw it the other, the other week. Not somebody I know or not somebody that I know that follows the podcast or has reached out before or anybody, of, of a friend of a friend or anything. And it's like, because this podcast exists, somebody out there is listening and felt compelled to leave a review, and it's impacted their the way that they do things, the way they think, or how they get through their day. You know, with this chunk of hours, they're going to listen to this show. Man, that's a pretty crazy feeling, and I'm sure yeah, you feel like and that. It's totally worth it. Yeah. Oh, it's completely worth it. It's because it's yeah. even if all of this stuff, kind of the way, and I've turned this episode about me, and now all of a sudden, but kind of the way this podcast was designed It's about all of us, man. It, it is. It is. It's. It's. Yeah. These episodes are about are supposed to exist on their own, like they're part of a bigger collective of a show. But each episode is its own little piece of information floating out there that someone might happen upon and might become inspired by. And that was the whole goal. And so Mm -hmm. it's just crazy. It's just crazy to see when you take a risk and and to see the feedback from that, good or bad. You know, there's definitely people Mm -hmm. who have said, like, "Ah, I didn't like this or I didn't like that. And taking that on the chin and learning to turn that into something to build uh, positive value out of that's what it's all about as well so nothing's it might be scary but nothing's gonna like unless somebody literally is like i'm gonna put you in jail if you continue to show you know what i mean <laughs> it's like it's gonna be a positive well, thing
1: the 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 funny thing too is like it seems like the more successful you are the more there's the naysayers right let's like oh for sure that's like a surefire sign that you're doing something right is that like people are talking bad about it you know like yes I, I actually I heard this on the radio we went on a little road trip over the weekend over Labor Day weekend and um, on the radio the guy was talking about um, Walt Disney's 90% rule he said if 90% of the people that you tell your idea to think it's a great idea scrap it mm-hmm. he's like if 90 people 90% of people agree it's not original enough it's not daring enough it's not worth it so just bail if 90% <laughs> if 90% of people are criticizing it and telling you that it's pro- that it's wrong or it's not, not going to work or whatever, he's like, go for that idea. That's do one. that idea. You know? And like, you're like, okay, well that makes sense. Cause the dude was a visionary in what he wanted to do. And you know, he wanted to buy a giant piece of property in Florida that was all swampland and turned it into an amusement park. Yeah. And people are like, dude, you're nuts. Like that's never going to work. Yeah, you know and 90 percent of people said no and he's like i'm doing this you know and like it obviously turned out to be a great decision for him And i was like that that is actually a pretty cool idea <laughs> to think about like yeah i'm not going to do anything new in this world if everybody already agrees with it you know
0: yeah it's it's a really um it kind of reminds me of something of a friend of the podcast and an old guest uh josh jensen but we were te- texting a little bit and Talking about like intention with these projects, like it kind of rethinking, like, okay, what, where is this going to serve people? Like, where is this going to help people? And what am I contributing? Cause, like, you've mentioned earlier, it's so easy to create content anymore. Anybody can put anything out there. And so, yeah, why are you doing that? What is it for? And what is that audience going to get out of that? So, like, uh, I look at me and Josh like to make, um, T-shirts and he makes Mm -hmm. his he's got his super cool I shared it the other day, Stokey the Bear graphic out there. And me and a friend, uh, we've been putting I got my Amazon merch account set up so I can actually list shirts on Amazon now. And um, Yeah, and we've been doing these these different designs and it's not only has it been interesting learning how to submit a design to Amazon so they don't reject it via copyright issues, but also like what are we sane with this design why are we making this shirt is it because we want to make a bunch of money off a cheesy t-shirt and go take a vacation maybe or sure yeah yeah or is it are we actually trying to put something unique out there that is changing the way people dress like the way that they think about buying like a t-shirt like we the graphic tee is such a interesting thing to me because i don't think it'll ever die like you've got businesses need to be represented you've got events need to be you got cool cultural things that people like to represent like it's just an interesting little interesting little marketplace to me and so totally but we're trying to make sure like when we put something out there are we trying to just piggyback on some trend because like ah that that may work but you're not really yeah. adding anything new you're diluting things so I don't know I don't want to go too negative about it but it's really well, you can
1: look, look at it either way really I mean yeah yeah you could totally be I mean that, the first thing that usually gets out there for like if some crazy event happens people make t-shirts about it like immediately mm-hmm. that's like the thing to do right yeah uh, have you ever listened to the podcast the 30 for 30 podcasts
0: I've seen I know what you're talking about but I haven't I've one or two I've I've selectively listened to, but is this this is ESPN's like story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: They're they're all of them are incredible. They, I've loved everyone that I've listened to. But they have one about the um the guys that made the Yankees suck t-shirts. <laughs> the Red Sox fans. That's hilarious. And so that you just reminded me of that because like that was kind of like the jumping off point for like how much money people could make really quickly off of just putting a few words on a t-shirt and it's pretty crazy, powerful stuff, it but is. it's like, yeah, it's like, what do you want? What do you want to represent? And what do you want to put into the world? Yes. And that just like applies to anything that you do really. Yes. You know, I'm trying to put some kind of meaningful thing out there. You know, I'm not just trying to say Yankees suck, but I'm trying to, you know, put yeah, yeah. Some, I'm representing, you know, they were representing being a Boston Red Sox fan, you know? So, yeah it's 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 super powerful
0: yeah the um uh the the next graphic i'm gonna put on i finally figured out you know those little 8-bit characters remember i made the uh steve zisu the little epic and your your comment esteban was eaten
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i I love that oh yeah
0: that's the i'm trying to i'm waiting for the approval email any moment um for that one i put a solid snake one up it's like a Eight bit Mario, but it's a snake from the Metal Gear series. Then, um nice. but yeah, I,
1: did, I saw. I just saw that actually. That game changed the world, man.
0: Yeah, those the exactly like it's not only not only do I particularly enjoy it, but but for the culture of video games, I mean, Hideo Kojima, he's, I mean, he's about to release a game right now, and people like dedicate so much time to try and because he likes to like do like really coded and in interesting like puzzles as he's releasing information about the game mm-hmm. and so gotcha. he's a he's a pretty interesting dude for sure
1: Wes Anderson does some I, I just don't know what what to call that like style he's, that he does he's but almost, it's so money
0: it's almost indie but he's so bloody like I want to say he got I think he finally got an Oscar for that um the Grand Budapest Hotel but okay um very in, very indie, very artistic. Um yeah. we the kids like the stop animation he does, the Isle of Dogs. We've been watching that one. And okay. then um The Fantastic Mr. Fox is another one that they like. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah. But um, anyways, a little sidetrack. Um <laughs> but uh I guess we could we could uh close this out with the future for jet movement academy if that's uh that's all right you got some topics about that yeah absolutely before i I say that actually is did we did we hit everything that you wanted to mention for now
1: um yeah i think you know the biggest message that i was hoping to get out to was just like anybody out there that is interested in starting a business based around something that they really really believe in that they love Mm -hmm. just just get started you know start with the business plan try to find a a business advisor and just take those little steps it might seem like a lot but like if you don't do it where are you going to be in a year from now you know like if if you know give it give it that long give yourself a year to do all the little things and you'll probably be surprised and end up doing what you want way sooner than that like if you put that year expectation on it. Like, Hey, I got a lot of stuff to jump through. I got to find out how to get the money for it. I got to get all these things together, give yourself a year and just kind of go for it and do it as a hobby for a while. And I was like very pleasantly surprised that, you know, really actually how accessible it was to, to get started. And, and now I'm doing something that I absolutely love every single day and it's, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So that was kind of the big message I really wanted to speak on was go for just go for it that's you know?
0: yeah the fear you're the fear you might be living with about it right now is not you won't even really be thinking about that at all if you take the steps and like like where you're at now what you're talking about you wouldn't trade anything for it like that's um pretty incredible freedom i'm sure okay so the future for Jet, So you, it looks like you mentioned you guys had you just started some youth classes
1: Yeah. So, um, we did, we just finished our second session of that on uh, Friday. We do, um, a youth class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, at 4 PM. So after school, and that is just kind of like a, a, I like to call it a foundational class where we're just trying to help develop really general athleticism for kids. It's basically like practice for being a mover rather than practice for baseball or practice for soccer or whatever. It's, It's designed more around just getting kids to have fun with, you know, what their bodies are capable of. And so that's kind of the main goal for it. We do a little bit of like we get into speed and agility. Um, We get into some strength training stuff where I can kind of start to teach like the mechanics of some lifting movements, Um, you know, how to get stronger. We focus a ton on posture because that's such a hard battle for everybody.
0: Yeah. You know, the bad habits can start really early. Absolutely. School,
1: like, I I love, you know, academics is super duper important. But like, if you look at how classrooms are set up a lot, kids are like basically being trained to not move. You know, it's like, gotcha. you have to be, you have to be quiet in class, you have to sit still, you have to be in this little area for, you know, for way too long. And it just gets progressively worse until you're in high school, where you're, you're just basically sitting in one chair. That is designed like like literally one type of chair that isn't you know is designed for somebody that might not be your same size or your same height or weight or whatever so like it just it kind of it kills me that that stuff gets overlooked and so by the time you're you know 22 and you've graduated college if you're lucky enough to do it that fast um you've spent you know 18 years sitting in chairs that that are all you know super uniform so my goal with the youth stuff is to kind of help bridge the gap to understanding how to keep yourself moving so that as you go through high school college into a profession um you can you can move well and be healthy so that you're not 40 and in pain and then having to try to like figure out how to reverse all
0: that right oh man
1: Sorry, that was kind of a long way. No, no, no. No, I uh, like it, though, because it touches on a lot of things.
0: Well, we just don't realize, like, how long you've been doing something until you look back on it, right? Like, let's say you work at a job for 10 years, and Mm -hmm. your uh, data entry or whatever, 10 years of sitting at a desk. You didn't think that. You're five. You're three. You're two. You're eight. But it happens, like... That yeah, that was quick. your yeah, that was your a sedentary lifestyle for the majority of your waking hours. It's uh don't worry about it. I think that investing in youth like that and kind of changing some of our tendencies as our culture in America, it's it's gotta shift. Like it's just mm-hmm. you know, it's just different now. Um
1: Yeah, and like in in you know, P p is awesome and I love PE, but like think about how um how little kids i just talked to a parent that their kid only goes to their p.e. class two times a week yeah you know and then they have recess but in recess is great because they can explore and kind of do what they want but like then you're leaving it up to kids to figure out on their own to go how up. to keep themselves moving. yeah, yeah. And they, they might gotta need go a play the kickball to game it.
0: they gotta go pick up the basketball they can't yeah. yeah i mean you mentioned or you got a note here about outdoor adventures did you guys do um kind of special events where you guys will go hikes or or do things like that or what what will that be yeah we
1: we've um we've gotten together a couple hikes so far um i mean whatcom county is just like incredible world-class place to hike and and it can be from you know you could do a super flat you know half mile hike if you wanted if you want to even call it a hike or you can do you know you can go to baker and spend 10 days out hiking you know so like (laughs) we have such a, a wide range of it that that was kind of one of our big goals. That's an easy place for people to start in terms of a physical hobby that gets you outside and gets you moving. So that was kind of where we wanted to start with the outdoor um, adventure stuff. We want to kind of grow that. We, I'd love to do some like outdoor workouts, enjoying how awesome Whatcom County is.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. So, so beautiful. It's, mm-hmm. it's undeniable. And then you've mentioned guest trainers.
1: Yeah, so we'll have um, we're gonna have our first guest trainer come in um, on the 28th um, of this month, September, and we're doing a handstand workshop with a guy that I met uh, through American Ninja Warrior, actually.
0: Oh, that's sweet. Um,
1: Yeah, he's a he's a trainer in in the Tri City area in Pasco, so he's going to be coming up to do a a workshop on handstands um, in our gym where we're just kind of exploring the protocol of how to improve a handstand. And I, I know a lot of people are like, well, that's you know, the acrobatic stuff is not for me, but, but basically the protocol for getting to a 60 second handstand has tons of other benefits that, you know, could help everybody, you know, stabilizing joints, um, core strength, you know, those kind of things. So we're excited about doing that for sure.
0: This isn't as intense as a handstand, but at Jitsu we do a drip, a drill called the hip heist. And, mm-hmm. um, it's like, a, you flip back and forth between a bear crawl and a crab walk and you mm-hmm. do it for the timer and it's to me it when we first started out it was like this is probably one of the hardest drills I've done and then now after practicing for a while the benefits of like my shoulders or like hopping up from playing with the kids on the floor or like just little things like that the subtle subtle movements like spinning up they spinning up on like one of my the balls of my feet are like my knee to stand up or turn directions, just it's weird. It's really weird. So like, I yeah. can only imagine if you take that intensity up to a handstand, what that would be yeah, for your so, core.
1: And that's a, that's kind of the 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 whole last thing I think about when I think about movement is like, there are these little subtle things where like you know some general weightlifting is great, but like the movements aren't. They're they're not like that. They're very one yeah. dimensional. Yeah, yeah. think So we want to get people, you know in all different planes of motion and we want to get them upside down and all that kind of stuff. And handstands is probably a little bit aggressive in terms of just being in a regular class. So I wanted right. to do kind of a, uh, an extra workshop that can kind of
0: give a little you know, bit more choose to do
1: it. They can get in. Yeah.
0: That's funny. Yeah. That's a good, um, good way to phrase it. Um, understanding and being comfortable in the different planes of motion because yeah. shifting that access of your balance or wherever you're at, um, and being comfortable in that, and also in motion, um, mm-hmm. it's a uh, pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, because I mean, people don't really get hurt standing still, right? So like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're getting hurt because they're they're bending over in a weird direction to pick up a laundry basket. Yeah, they're or pulling something. Whatever. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that reminds me. I was I just ripped this stupid pond liner. I've I've had this like two year battle with this pond in my backyard, and I've. <laughs> I finally dug it out and was getting, it had this plastic liner in it and I started to yank on it because I got it dug out around it enough. I'm like, I can see. And then I realized, oh man, there's like a foot of gravel in this sucker. Like, and so I'm trying to lift this thing up (laughs) and it's not going to move. You know, there's a couple hundred pounds of gravel in it. It's like definitely felt pretty tight in the back the next day after that. So luckily I didn't like, wasn't one of those like zingers where you, you feel it for a few days you know
1: sure sure
0: we're at that age hirsch
1: (laughs) i know it's a bummer too i'm like (laughs) we're only i'm i'm gonna turn 33 next month and it's like that shouldn't feel old at all so like you know i'm trying to help as many people as i can you know avoid feeling that old that young because i you know i hope to be doing pretty physical stuff for another 40 years at least you know so like yeah we're we're still young if you look at it that way
0: Oh man, I know, I know. Like, you we can't do even... more maintenance. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more maintenance and a little bit more like conscious awareness of what it is that we're actually doing. Like, you know, when you're yes. younger, you're like, I need to load this stuff into the back of that truck. And it's like, you just did it. Well, now Let's it's go. like, I can't just huck this into the back of the truck. I've got to like set it on the bed and then shove it in and then hop back into the bed and pull, it, you know, <laughs> like, right, you know, right, Everything's like a lot more planned and done carefully, but that's okay. This is this, just the way it is i don't want to oh, yeah. teach my kids to be throwing stuff around they already do that already so it's like <laughs> they do that naturally yeah. yeah yeah exactly i just wanted to close this out this episode just a, a random question that i thought of this morning mm-hmm. and we talked about it a little bit before we got started but because i've been doing some things personally um in addition to this podcast and jujitsu those are like my big goals right big personal goals Um, but additional stuff i think is really healthy especially the older you get and as real life continues to come at you like we've been talking about all podcasts real life happens personally uh, goals for like they can be recreation you know based like to me reading is recreation based but it's also like significant benefits with reading and so for me personally, what I've been doing for some goals is to read more and to get back into drawing and actually push that drawing into animation. And so I wanted to ask you if there's anything that you've been doing to kind of motivate yourself on a personal level um, or do things personally for goals outside of just the business and everything that comes with you know, the Jet Movement Academy.
1: It It's funny because like everything that I'm doing right now is pretty well tied into the gym and right. you know, it. and it, to a certain extent, that's awesome. And sometimes it's like, you know, you got to be able to put it aside a little bit, but, um, the coolest thing right now is, so my son, Jet, who the gym is named after, um, he will be three next month, uh, December. So not next month, um, in December he'll be three. And, um, I've been spending a lot of time just kind of like trying to facilitate like what he's going to be into. So like when, when he was born, everyone's like, Oh, he's going to be a baseball player. He's going (laughs) to be so great at baseball. You know, I'm like, I was like, you know what? I hope so. But at the same time, like he's going to be his own human. Right. So just kind of a personal area for me right now is definitely, you know, exposing him to as much like, option in in the world as as possible if that makes sense oh yeah totally just showing them different you know positive ad avenues to go down um and you know i'm i'm like kind of diving in this whole new world of like all these different kids programs that there are in whatcom county that i didn't even know about you know like he's going to be going to preschool next year and like so yeah I, i would say you know I spend, I'm trying to spend as much time as I can being a dad and just kind of helping facilitate that as much as I can. Yes. Because I would, I would love for him to have some kind of passion that I don't even really know anything about so that we can kind of learn it together. You know? Dude,
0: I feel the exact same way. Like, how cool would yeah. it be if you got to be exposed to something you never even would have ventured into? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you get to do that together with your son. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah.
1: And it's also cool. Cause like I get to do stuff over kind of in a way too, you know, it's uh, like anything that I am like, man, I, I wish I would have spent some time on that or whatever. It's like, well, why not? You know, like maybe yeah. Jet will be into it. So I, I get to take him and experience it and then, you know, see what he thinks, you know? So yeah, that that's kind of the cool thing is like now he's getting to the age where he can, can comprehend a lot more stuff and, you know, physically he's capable of a lot. Like, almost too much it's <laughs> hard to keep up with <laughs> Dude, but, for uh, sure yeah it, 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 that's kind of my thing right now it's it's a lot of fun
0: that's cool that's yeah that's uh that makes sense it's kind of oh go ahead and i'm
1: actually trying to I'm, I'm trying to read a little bit more too i you know reading for me has always been out of like being forced to read mm-hmm. like if i'm you know in in school or studying a new uh a new certificate or whatever but I'm trying to make reading more enjoyable and choosing things that are things I really want to know about. So like a great resource that is good for anybody that's listening that wants to kind of enhance their own personal health. We're going through this book in class right now where every day we spend a couple minutes on just a small chunk of this book we're going to work our way through. Um, it's called Becoming a Supple Leopard, which is an awesome title.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so, you know, choosing choosing books like that that are going to help me personally, help the business, help other people and like actually be enjoyable to work through. That's another kind of side nugget that I'm that I'm incorporating to.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah. that's great. I'll, uh, I'll give my little resource then for the uh the drawing I I started watching this year. I started watching Jim Lee, who's a famous uh, comic book artist. You might know him oh. from inspiring the 90s X-Men. Like yellow spandex look, you know nice. from the cartoons. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was the one who inspired all that. He's drawn everybody he's drawn Batman Superman. I think he's nice. even like the vice president of DC comics right now or something like he's the man. He's the real deal okay. he streams on and Twitch for free. That's funny it's oh, funny
1: that uh, it's funny that his last name's Lee also yeah like Stanley that's I know amazing.
0: yeah isn't it interesting So, right but on. he uh, he streams on Twitch, dude, and he literally will draw for two hours on a sunday afternoon and you get to watch him you get to watch jim lee and he tells you all his tools all his equipment all his techniques and so one of the things he recommends is this book um by um it's a consolidation of all his lessons from like the 30s through the 50s his name's george bridgman and it's a book called drawing from life bridgman's complete guide to drawing from life it was like 13 dollars and um for figure drawing it's uh, it's pretty incredible, but that's what uh that's what I've been trying to do to improve drawing is is those two things watching Jim Lee on Twitch and then reading this book there's so much cool stuff out there anymore like you just like my kids about the
1: access to things yeah you know, like the, there's just like you know so just giving things a shot and seeing what it is and and you know exploring around is yeah there's infinite possibilities,
0: yeah, and everything's so um there's so many samples and freebies out there to kind of wet your beak and then then dedicate, you know, financially if you want to invest in something, um, mm-hmm. you know, dude, this has been this has been awesome. This was a great episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. I need to start doing these episodes earlier in the day because I have a lot more mental energy to like stick with and and yeah and keep the conversation um, lively. But this was a this was awesome. And I appreciate your patience with me trying to trying to schedule this time you know what i'm saying oh
1: man i totally understand we got uh we're on the same wavelength yeah uh, for sure
0: yeah before we close this out let's just give everybody where you're at how they can get in touch and um any other any other avenues you want to let them know about as far as jet movement academy
1: yeah uh, i'm I'm on uh, a few different social media things facebook instagram I haven't gotten into the Twitter world as much as I had hoped, but, uh, Twitter's, we also, we Twitter's a-
0: pretty sweet. I've, this year I've gotten into it. Sorry to interrupt you, but I actually I like really it. like Twitter.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's great for certain things. I just, I got to explore it more, but um, right. we're all in there. Um, we, I got a website as well. Um, that needs a lot of attention, but, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, social media is kind of my go-to. I post stuff to Facebook and Instagram pretty much daily. Um, you can see like our schedule, what kind of programs we're running, um, and then the other projects or events we're we're involved in. It's just Jet Movement on uh, Instagram, and then uh, Facebook backslash Hirschcorn Fit. Right now, I gotta we're changing the branding around. Still on some stuff, so yeah. If you just Google Jet Movement Academy, we'll we'll
0: show up. That's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna follow you on Twitter right now. I'll find it. Nice. Oh, yeah, man. Well, Hirsch, I, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I really appreciate the opportunity to help you work with the logo, and, and I'm beyond yeah. excited to see this Jet Movement Academy built and continue to grow for you, man. This is so awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's It's a pleasure talking to you. It's always a good conversation whenever we get together.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm going to get over there to Bellingham, and I'll bring the equipment with me, and I want to schedule some some in-person Bellingham interviews because it's funny. Every Bellingham interview I have has been over the phone, and um, <laughs> it's just it's just funny yeah. to me.